We're lucky to have with us uh, WTTW reporter Heather Sharon. Hi, Heather. How are you? Hi, Dee. I'm great. Thanks for having me back. I know that you're so busy, so I'm so glad that you're with us this evening. Thank you. I want to get right to this because this kind of just uh, sort of happened earlier this afternoon. The city released the body cam video uh, from the night former police superintendent Eddie Johnson was found asleep at the wheel. I guess the investigation's over, so they felt like they could release the video? I guess so. It's not clear to me um, because we still don't have the uh, inspector general's report. Mm -hmm. And that will really determine whether any additional discipline for any other officers involved um, is recommended. And so there's still a lot that we don't know about this, even though it feels like this happened approximately a decade ago. <laughs> it does. It really does. But do you remember, Heather, when it first happened? It was so surprisingly quiet. Like, it really, like, you know, we heard about it, and everybody was sort of like, hmm, that seems just odd. But, like, no right. one really made a big deal about it. Well, it sort of happened in slow motion, because, you know, one day, Eddie Johnson said, well, I'm thinking about retiring. And then the next day, you know, we learned that this had happened. And then he announced that he would retire. And there was a big ceremony that Mayor Lori Lightfoot participated in. And then she fired him, (laughs) saying that he had lied to her. So it was sort of this rolling sort of thing. And there were so many rumors about this video and sort of what exactly took place. And, and, you know, if you haven't seen the video, it's only, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. of minutes. It's worth your time. So we see an officer walk up to the window and Eddie Johnson appears to be asleep with his eyes closed. And you hear the officer sort of knock on the window and say, are you okay, sir? Are you okay? And then um, the former superintendent shows his ID and then he is allowed to drive away. Um, So we don't see a field sobriety test um, Mm -hmm. administered. And I think it raises a lot of questions about why, and this is the question, honestly, I've had from the beginning, is, you know, why wasn't there a sobriety test performed? Why was he allowed to continue to drive home? Because if he was so ill or otherwise incapacitated that he fell asleep at a stop sign, you know, that's probably somebody who shouldn't be operating a motor vehicle. So I think there are still a lot of questions that remain, but I want to give a big shout out to the uh, Better Government Association that sued the city mm-hmm. to force the, to force this tape to be released, and uh, all of Chicago is grateful. So uh, a lot more is going to be revealed, I'm guessing, in the, in you know the coming weeks. Well, we don't know because. Inspector General reports don't become public unless there's a finding. So um, it's unclear as to whether or not we will get any more information, frankly, even though Mayor Lightfoot has made it sort of a big focus of her administration to sort of increase transparency. Mm -hmm. And she actually pushed through an ordinance several months ago that um, expanded the Inspector General's ability to release reports where there's a lot of interest in the from the public um however you know that's not sort of a required thing it's it's more of a voluntary thing so um i you know i certainly hope we get to see the full report but i you know i'm a journalist i will admit <laughs> bias on on that that we should see all of the reports you want to see everything <laughs> right just send it over just, and, you know <laughs> and you know what we're glad that you do because that's how uh, you keep government and uh, you know every everyone honest so we appreciate that absolutely
Speaking of, uh, you know, reports, uh, you just recently had one come out uh, talking about how um, there were 371 complaints lodged about Chicago police response to the protests in terms of excessive force. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So 56 percent of those 371 complaints were excessive force. About another quarter of those were um, improper searches. So what really struck me about that data was that, um, well, two things. One, 60 percent of those complaints where they identified a location of the incident were um, in six north side or downtown police districts. Mm-hmm. So these complaints were by and large not filed um, in the neighborhoods where there was the most extensive unrest, damage, and looting. And the other thing that, that struck me was that the number of complaints really peaked on June 4th. And I know it seems like, how can I remember a month ago? What are you talking <laughs> about? But that was really once the, the unrest had stopped, mm-hmm. and it was really sort of peaceful protest after peaceful protest. And that's really where the bulk of these complaints came in. So it will be interesting interesting to see um, how many of these complaints are sustained, if any, or if there's any sort of recommendation in terms of policy changes or anything that, that comes out of it. But it, it does provide, I think, a snapshot of sort of how people felt they were treated by the Chicago Police Department on, on a very, really a tense, tense week. Mm-hmm. And were these complaints, I mean, the ones that are 56% for excessive force, that would have been a, a peaceful protester, right? Well, we're not sure. We don't have any information about the complaints themselves. Mm-hmm. Those complaints are private until they are otherwise um, sort of adjudicated, for lack of a better term. So we do know, however, that one of those excessive force complaints was filed by Jeanne Foreman, who is the president of the Chicago Police Board. I know. Shocking. Me, shocking. Right. I couldn't believe right. it when I when I, you know, heard your report. I was like, are you kidding me? Right. So he says that he was struck at least five times um, during a protest in Hyde Park, and he filed an excessive force complaint um, about the officer who he said struck him. So, again, they couldn't tell me anything more about that complaint, but they say they will investigate each complaint to the the fullest extent possible. But I think it does go to show um, that there are real questions about how the police department responded to the protest. Um, both the ones that were violent at times and, and the ones that were not. Okay, and of course, um, you know, in terms of the locations of where a lot of these complaints came up to, um, that kind of raises your eyebrow too. It does, because are we only seeing complaints from people who are perhaps white and wealthier because they live in white and wealthier areas of the neighborhood, so they're more aware of their rights and they're more aware of how to file a complaint? Um, I think that disparity, I think, is something that we should think about a lot because, um, you know, I don't know that there's anything to suggest that police, you know, committed more infractions in one area of the city than the other, but when you see that sort of disparity about the number of complaints, um, I think it's worth raising an eyebrow at. Well, something else that you're also watching is that uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's emergency powers end soon, right? That's right. So uh, back in April, the mayor asked the city council for the power to essentially spend up to a million dollars at a time to respond to the pandemic. And she said she needed to do that without coming back to the city council, Mm -hmm. which can take a little while because, you know, the city needed to buy masks and personal protective gear and 
gowns and all sorts of different things. And she got a significant amount of pushback from the city council. So she agreed that the ordinance would end on June 30th unless the commissioner of the Department of Public Health determined that the pandemic was still at an acute stage and it is no longer at an acute stage, so it will expire tomorrow. Okay. And of course, uh, those city council meetings have been very heated, as we've known (laughs) from uh, leaked audio. Yes, yes. Well, those were just briefings. The the city council, both city council meetings also got very tense at time, especially over the debate over these emergency powers, because there were several aldermen who were concerned that the mayor would use mm-hmm. this authority sort of improperly or without adequate oversight. Um, but the really the, the documented spending seems to really have stopped about mid-May, which is we can sort of look back and look back and see that that's really when the pandemic peaked in Chicago and Illinois. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So, of course, now I'm imagining that uh, city officials are even more uh, tense, especially with the increase of violence and the loss of, you know, such uh, young, innocent lives as well on top of, you know, the pandemic. And then, of course, all the civil unrest and protests. Um, What's the feeling like, the atmosphere right now? So we heard the mayor and the police superintendent say that they would have 1,200 more police officers on the street this weekend, which, of course, is the 4th of July holiday weekend. Um, That is not unusual. That is a very typical response for the Chicago Police Department in years past um, under Mayor Rahm Emanuel, who would cancel overtime and would keep officers sort of, you know, to increase the number of officers on the streets. So it, it will be really interesting to see whether that helps and whether the violence trends downward a little bit. But, um, you know, we heard the mayor say today that she wakes up sort of every Monday, you know, with a pit, you know, with sort of a pit in her stomach, Mm -hmm. worried about sort of the violence that has been seen over the weekend. And not only is it really an appalling lack of, you know, sort of, you know, protection for Chicago residents, you know, it, it also presents a serious you know, political problem for her as well, because, you know, the first duty of any elected official in any city is to reduce crime. And she certainly promised to do so when she was elected more than a year ago. Well, Heather, we can't thank you enough for uh, joining us and filling us in with everything that's going on. And uh, Heather Sharon, WTTW reporter. And by the way, she's loved news since she was in high school as the editor in chief (laughs) of the school newspaper at Kenwood Academy. You just don't get tired of this, right? I I do not. I I like to say that I am a longtime political nerd who has loved Chicago politics for longer than I should probably admit in polite company at this point. You are Chicago through and through. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You, yeah, you live, uh, eat and breathe this. So we're, we're grateful. Yes. I'm grateful that you do. Thank you so Happy much. Happy to do it. Thanks, G. <laughs> Thank you.